0: Hi All this is uh, John Kennedy from NJMEP, and you know welcome to I think our seventh show uh, of manufacturing partnerships uh, making waves and uh, you know the whole idea behind this show was brought about by my buddies over at manufacturing talk uh, radio uh, Lou Wright Weiss and Tim Grady who asked uh, you know uh, me to sit in this seat and ask some crazy questions and you know Today is no different. Uh, as many of you know, uh, the MEP system is a national network. There's 51 of us, uh, including Puerto Rico. And uh, a lot of people think we're an association, but we certainly are not. Uh, I always say the four pillars are um, we assess companies, we consult with companies, we train uh, in workforce development with companies. And then when we have to, we advocate. Uh, I don't know how good, you know, engineers are, at you know, ad- advocacy work, but uh, I know we can be loud. So it's all good. And today we've got a pretty cool guest. Uh, we should change the name to making chip, uh, you know, today, but we have uh, Matt Goosey from uh, MRS uh, machining out in Wisconsin. And uh, Matt, glad to have you on board today. Well, I'm
1: delighted, delighted to be here and um, look forward to talking to you, and hopefully we can educate some of your listeners and make and learn something from it.
0: Why don't you give a little background on, on MRS? As I said, I, have, I got stuck on your website uh, looking at all the stuff that you guys were doing. Why don't you give a little background? Yeah,
1: yeah we're, uh, we've been in business since 1986, and this will be our 35th year, and actually in July next month, so we're getting do a little celebration there. Actually we don't, my dad started in 86 right out of his garage, like most people do. And I was um, I was in the senior in high school, just graduated and I was ended up going to machine tool program. And my dad actually got into going into business by mistake because the business that me and him both worked at uh, closed the stores, the owner got killed unfortunately. And we had some expensive material and my dad was kinds of friends with uh, the customers and. They had to get it out of the building, so we put it in the garage and and they just asked my dad one day, hey geez Raj, can you finish machining it? And to this day, I still don't understand how he how he did that because he all he really had was a little salt ben lathe bench top. I mean, that thing was so sloppy. <laughs> he just had indicators everywhere, and he actually made the parts. I'm still can't to this day how he did it, but he did, and that's how MRS was formed. He did a good enough job you know, back then we didn't, the CNC's were just coming out and we kept manual and he just kept plugging along. And then just after a couple months of doing that, he said, Hey, I got to actually, maybe I should start a business. So he did. And so I went to school for machine tool and he just kept floating along. And I, and like every other kid in the community, there's, you grew up, you you don't want to be here. So I moved away for three years and ended up coming home on the weekends, helping my dad. And the day I got married, he said, Hey, you're going to come work for me full time. And, uh, you know, just got married. I'm happy, dad. But I actually did come back. And that was in 89. And we just stayed small, manual. And one day I just, you know, I'm 22, 21 years old and saying, hey, where are we going with it, dad? No, well, I'm happy. Just me and you. It's keep it this way. Well, I'm going to grow it. Okay, I'll support you. So here's this young kid going around knocking on doors. And I can tell you what it feels like to get your door slammed in your face. Who's this young buck kid that thinks he can machine everything for everybody. And I don't know if we can trust them. So actually what I did is like everybody else, you know, you, when you go into business, I always tell people you gotta do three things. And if you can't say yes to all three, don't go into business for yourself. First question is, are you ready to work three to five years, 24, seven, 365? Because literally that's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, put everything at financial risk. I mean, even given everything, I mean, you have to. It's gonna happen because Capital equipment ain't cheap. And then the third of all is your family. You have to get your family supported because if you're married and have kids, you know, they're not gonna see you very much. And if you can't say yes to all three of those things, I would probably suggest maybe not going in business for yourself and give it a little more time. So that's what I did. I mean, I just, I'd go, I would drive up close to the Twin Cities. I'd found customers up there. I went up there, I made, got the prints, drawings, came back, hit the parts, ship overnight, went back and dropped them off in long days but you know it paid off and then i just started adding great team members and that's kind of where you know i could sit here and talk about this for hours someday i'm going to write a book on it but i just i've started hiring people smarter than me and putting mm-hmm. trust, trust in them and giving them control and letting them develop and right around 2000 you know we i could i could go on on but i'm just going to hit the key points but right around 2000 i knew there was this there was this people or less people are going into machining and manufacturing in general, than that we're leaving. So, you know, the average age of a machinist was 55. And I just like, mm, I gotta do something. So I, I tried doing it myself. I tried, I went to these fast food restaurants because, you know, I know them people were, didn't really have that career path. Like I was, did, cause I was told in high school that I was a failure and, you know, I probably deserved everything the teachers told me, but that drove me. And I always take no for an answer. So I thought, hey, I'll go to these fast food restaurants because there's one here in Wisconsin called Culver's. They really teach soft skills and they're really nice and pleasant. If I could get that attitude in our shop, I could train these people instead of going to school, tech school. They were, they were never going to go. So I brought them in and I hired like six of them. And within a year, they're all gone. And I go, where did I fail? Fortunately, I met a customer, a friend of mine. We were going to a baseball game one day and he's like, hey, I got this guy working for me part time. He's going to UW Stout to be a tech ed teacher. And he eventually wants to be a tech ed teacher and he's, he's, he's pretty sharp, you know, I like to have you meet him. So we're at IMTS and, you know, IMTS is the Super bowl of manufacturing and all good things happen there. And so back then, you know, just cell phones were just coming out. So we didn't have really have cell phones, but we just decided to meet at a time underneath the banner. And I met Craig Krakowski and he told me he wanted to start a job shop up in a high school. And if you ever met Craig, man, you're just like, whoa, this guy's got something. You get goosebumps talking to him. And he wanted to set the job shop up. And I'm like, hey, there's an answer to all my problems, mm-hmm. so most of my problems. Mm-hmm. So I told him when he got a job at a tech school, let me know, and I'll, I want to learn more about it and see what we can do to help. Well, six months later, he calls me up and says, hey, I got a job in the Leverstrom High School. And uh, could I come over and talk to you? Sure. Well, My dad always told me one hand was for giving and one hand's for receiving. And that day he decided to give a, put his hand out for giving. And, you know, he got the horse in front of the cart because he wanted to donate all this equipment to this program. He was so high in it. And I just told my dad to slow down. So about a year later, Craig cleaned up the high school, we gave him some equipment. And, you know, I, I could go on about that program. And I liked it, you know, if your listeners want to learn more about it, I got, we have workshops throughout the year. And I, and we actually, the last two, we did virtual, but it's, it's really a program in a job shop. They're my competitor. But like I say, if I'm threatened by a bunch of high school kids who uh, work about two or three hours a day and have a hundred percent turnover, I have a lot of other issues to deal with. And it, what it does for the kids, you know, we don't teach so much the hard skills like machining and welding. They do learn that, but we teach us soft skills and it's the 10 commandments and it's not a religion's commandments. It's just play nice together, work together and get along together. And it, it's, we teach them that. Cause once they learn those soft skills, the rest is easy. I can teach them in the hard skill. Cause they show up for work. They put their cell phones away. They, their are team members their team players. They can figure things out. They, they, they know all that. And I always tell somebody if they, if, if they went through a high school program called Carter manufacturing, the next words out of your mouth should be, when can you start? Cause literally these kids are superstars and, and what the program does is it, you know, it creates the revenue for the school, it creates revenue for the program, but mostly it, it gives the kids money in their pockets and an average yearly we, they make about $2,000 so they're actually getting paid to go to high school. And and these kids come out of there and not all go into manufacturing. That's, you know, that's kind of, the, it's sad, but it's also nice because, you know, look how many kids go to a four year college and get done and go, oh, this isn't what I wanted to do and I got this $100,000 Debt over their head, and and I have like you know five or six of them are here in our shop that they're like geez, I wish I would have known about this program. And that's my goal is to prevent someone from making a wrong career decision early, so they don't have to have that big debt over their head and pay back all that stuff and struggle. Because and, all these kids that actually went to machining, welding, you know, actually or went to a college, that program at Cardinal pretty much pays for their school. So when they they go to school and they get done and get their degree, they're they're they got zero debt. I mean, man, I wish I, I wish I would have
0: had that. I hope I'm not talking too much here. Uh, well, I, I, you know, I, I let you let you run because I mean, you say a lot of the same things that I do, and most of us with the passion, you know, do the same things. I, I love the part about you know your dad because I've always argued that the best machinists are the best engineers in the world, and they may not have a degree. But, you know, and I I am an engineer by degree, but you know what? I also learned machining from someone like your dad. So, uh, and some of the things you're saying, you know, is it's certainly a conversation that needs to be had more and more at our schools because of situations that go on. We need career pathways and, and go, going to a college is fine. Look, I went to college as well, but I also went to AWS welding school and, uh, tooling you and all these others. The, the difference is, though, is that I knew where I wanted to go. A lot of these kids don't. So by expanding their horizons, it's a good thing. Wall Street Journal just recently had uh, an article talking about uh, uh, that 60% of us don't graduate from any college. 60% of the United States population, 60%. Yeah. And when you start to think about that, if our goal of our high schools is to funnel kids into the college, we're failing. But you know what? If you give them opportunities and you give them training, somebody that's an apprentice machinist or an apprentice, uh, you know, uh, welder or whatever, that doesn't mean that their career and their education stops there. They can choose other forms. I started as an apprentice and, you know. It just solidified the fact that i wanted to be an engineer um you know uh, at home and at the on the weekends uh i am also then want to be a welder and a machinist again so it's all good i love what you're saying matt it's good stuff and and i also know that your wife i believe his name is vicky she's actually the angel in the the process or not you know (laughs) yeah behind,
1: behind every good man there's a good woman better woman so
0: Yep, I got one that I'm, we're celebrating 40 years uh, and uh, this year and I'm not really not sure how Cecilia Marie uh, you know thought I was worth it.
1: <laughs> yeah you know you bring up the subject women and I uh, you know we don't have enough women in this this field and and or I stem yeah or stem and really women you know they're wonderful people and people like I always when I go, I bring kids through our shop to give tours or I go talk to kids in high school. I always I focus my attention on women because they don't they they think it's this dirty, grimy man's job, but it's not because what do I like about women? There's lots of things. First of all, they like perfume, hair, hair, they got to look pretty. What do they do with their parts? When they get here and they work for me, their parts are just they put that attention to detail. And women can multitask. You can give the women 20 things and they're organized and they can just, they can do it. Whereas guys, you know, you give us 20 things, we are like, uh, you know, we can only handle one or two things at a time. So women in manufacturing is a wonderful thing. Um, That's
0: really MRS machining. And we do have a lot of women working here. Yeah. And that's, that's 50% of our brain power. Exactly. How can we waste that? And, and I agree. And we need. You know, we, NJMEP and the MEP system, we really spend a lot of time with trying to expose, you know, to women in manufacturing, women in engineering, women in STEM, because uh, it makes no sense for us to waste half of our natural resource, which is brain power so i love what you guys are doing you know i have read some things some notices on, on on that and uh you know and but you don't make them ride up pike's peak right no <laughs> no all right I i'm just you know, just, <laughs> I, matt's a matt's a bike rider like i am and uh you know i know that he's ridden up pike's peak and uh you know, I was wondering if that was like part of their interview process. <laughs> you can make it up, Pike. Speak uh, You're hired. Hire you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Matt, I want to. Uh, one thing I've been doing with everybody that uh, we put on the show is we have what we call the fast five questions. And uh, some of them sound. To, to us that are in the industry, you know, it sounds like no-brainers. But a lot of people that watch this stuff aren't in the industry, so um, I'm going to ask you whatever comes top to your mind. Give a give a quick answer, uh, quick explanation, uh, and let's let's roll on the fast five. So, the first one is manufacturing in the USA dead.
1: No, it's not. It's it's only on. continuing the girl because of uh, a lot of the things Harry Moser is doing and people are disrupted by the supply chain and they can't wait for parts. They can't have that fear of when or what. So no, it, it's growing and us people are getting more innovative and creating new ideas and products. And I just see it, I see it growing. How much?
0: I don't know, but it's growing. I agree. And Harry with his reshoring stuff is, is a great asset. Number two, can the U.S. economy exist and or thrive without manufacturing?
1: No, (laughs) no, it has to have manufacturing. The more, the better, because, you know, manufacturing gives people that are in the workforce, are when they're making things, they're feeling good. Um, You know, everybody has gifts and talents, and once they find them, they can become fruitful, and manufacturing does that. And if you ain't making products or making things, you know, you're not excited about stuff, and that... Generates more service because when you make things, it's got to have service and computers and all that. So, it, it, I mean, it has to have more of it, I personally think.
0: Yeah. Uh, number three, why can't we convince our respective governments, state, federal, educators to support this critical industry more? Why do you think we can? And I, you know, I know you could probably talk for six mm-hmm. hours like I can, but what's your first thought?
1: Well, you know, like everybody else, they all politicians and I'm not trying to grip on politicians, you know, it doesn't matter if you're red, blue or whatever, but you know, they all say yes, yes, yes. But then when you get down to details, they you get the deaf ear. They don't understand it. I, I just think it's the mentality that, you know, like the kids, you know, everybody got to go to a four-year college and they just think it's, they just think it's not the right, they don't think it's a, a a bright computer, career path for people. Um, I think we're changing that. I just wish we could, you know, look at high schools right now, they're putting all these fancy sports complexes in, which are great. Don't get me wrong. But you know, for example, our local one here is putting a $600,000 track in, which is great. Well, what happens if we could take half of that put $300,000 of equipment in our high school, I mean, come on, man. and that, that's, that's your career path. You're running around track and football. Great. And it builds memories and builds team building. That's great. But ain't let's talk working. about it ain't working. So
0: yeah, you not you're not working in that industry. So I, you know, I, I get your point and what, you know, what I like to say, you know, you hit the nail on the head with just the s- simple sentence you said, they don't understand. Yep. And I think that's a- absolutely the truth. They're very bright people. But they don't understand the industry and they so what they do is they pigeonhole and i I was recently you know obviously i'm new jersey so i spend a lot of time thinking and working with our companies but i read uh, from the national association of manufacturing they have a state page and i looked at the state page and they said the average wage with overtime of a person working in manufacturing in new jersey is $94,000 a year. Yeah. Hell, that's a pretty damn good wage. <laughs> I can buy my house. I can buy a car. I can help my kids. You know, those are the stories that need to be spoken about. But yet, the mindset's hard to hard to break. And I as said, I, you and I could probably could talk for about, well, I'll call you later and we'll talk for a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, I got just a simple.
1: So, when we had Governor Scott Walker was our governor, he came and toured Cardinal Manufacturing and it was his last year. And he said, hey, you know, I, nice to meet you, Scott. And I asked him a question. He goes, can I ask you a question? I go, sure. Are you looking for a job? And he goes, well, if I don't win the election, I might be, but he just stopped. He, I, it's on video, it's hilarious. And he goes, ah, now I get it. You know, cause he didn't understand. Now we're, we're us manufacturers are so desperate for help, We're, we want to hire the governor.
0: Gonna,
1: of, <laughs> hire the governor of Wisconsin. I love that.
0: I love that. Uh, I'm gonna. Hey, I got Bill Murphy here. I'm gonna offer him a job tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of that, that's that's number four for Fast Five. Uh, we all run into workforce development and staffing issues. You're you're finding some great ways to get around that, and we spoke about it earlier. But Besides that issue, what is your next biggest problem that you need to overcome?
1: Um, you know, it's keeping up with technology. Technology is changing so fast. You know, you know, when I was grew up, you know, I looked at my elders. You know, a guy that's got thirty years of experience, and that's great. But you know, us older people aren't as tech savvy as this new generation, and these kids grew up with cell phones they grew up on google they grew up in yahoo they can they can research and find things and self-taught and learn in like no time whereas older people are, we know we have the knowledge but we just don't have the tech stuff so keeping up with technology is it kind of a a big thing for us and you know it's like me i'm old and i'm getting older and it's hard you know i'm not as fast learner like i used to be when i was 25 so when i have like our average age right now is like 32. And you know, so I have a young, young talent, and these guys picked this stuff up. So just staying on top of technology is,
0: yeah. But but always keep in mind that we couldn't build to where we are today without what we did twenty oh, no. five years ago, and that that's the important factor of it, and that that helps us. And now we can pass on our knowledge, and they can bring it to the next level. So uh, yeah, I get it because sometimes they laugh at me here too. So. Uh, <laughs> So i just threatened not to sign their check but you know it, it is what it is yeah new jersey we have we have a we have a reputation to uphold right so a... <laughs> uh, last question uh in your opinion not only in wisconsin but that's your focus but in the usa are we gaining ground fast enough in in, in what needs to happen you know we just went through the pandemic you know all these things. We saw the del- destruction to some extent of our our supply chain. Are we gaining ground fast enough? Because there's always a next thing.
1: I, I think we are, um, but then again, I'm going to go back to that everything is changing so fast again rapidly. And you know, the good thing about not the good thing, but people sitting at home was tough. But what people, I think, what people did, what I'm starting to see is a lot of people have had time to sit and develop new products and new ideas. And I'm seeing a lot of, you know, here at MRS, we're seeing a lot of new things come and new drawings. And because people had time when you were coming to the office, you, you wasted that hour coming to work or that half hour coming to work, or when they're working from home, they're more quiet and remote and then they could come with ideas and refresh. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, we could be moving faster, but, there again, you know, it's it's hard right now. Everybody's struggling to find people. And and you know, I don't want to get too political, but paying people to sit at home isn't the isn't the answer. But you know, truthfully, I asked I did a survey just around the area and people I know. I don't know that many people are sitting at home right now. So I don't think that that's can be we, we can use excuse. I just think there's too many people using that as an excuse. Um, but there again, a population, you know, here in Wisconsin. And the uh, see, 70s it was like 2.1 kids per household now it's 1.3 so we have one less kid in each household and I think that's the real problem and we need to have more babies <laughs> and grow our population <laughs> so hopefully COVID took care of that
0: <laughs> well, uh, I only had one you know so I'm I was under underachiever <laughs> oh <laughs> well but we have a for- lot of but Matt, you know, I really do appreciate it. You know what you what you're saying goes a long way. And you know, I'll, as we talked before the, you know, before we recorded, you know, I'm a, I've become a convert to the MEP system and the value that we pr- can provide because when I own my manufacturing company, Barnett Industries, uh, I wish I had known the MEP. And I am going to introduce you to Buckley Brinkman, who's the head over there, uh, because they do a hell of a job, but also good MEPs learn from people like you, you know, you threw out some things early on that I, you know, I've jotted down and I'm going to take some notes. We we've got to learn and we've got to work together. Yes. Uh, And I, I do appreciate you taking some time and, and hanging out, out with me, but one suggestion: you got to put something on your wall behind you, like a picture of the Packers or something. You know, so so it looks cool behind there. You know, Ray Nitschke or you know, I'm showing my eight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't want. I didn't,
1: didn't want to rub. I didn't want to rub the good team in your face. The G stands for good team.
0: Just to let you know that. I get that. I'm a Giants fan, and we we win a Super Bowl and then we lose for five years. <laughs> but they're my team. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you. Uh, just to finish up, uh, we're we've been speaking with uh, Matt Goosey at uh, MRS uh, Machining out in Wisconsin. Uh, this podcast is a monthly podcast, and we talk to a lot of uh, MEP centers and and people that uh, that work in uh, in the industry. And thank goodness we got people that like started manufacturing talk radio. Matt, if you haven't been on their website, go on their website because they're actually manufacturers who decided that they wanted to start programs like this so that people could, you know, get that information. So, thank you guys for listening in, and uh, Matt, thank you for coming on board. Yep, you're welcome.